You can't put batteries next to pretzels. What kind of fucking planogram is that? Like, who does that? Hey guys, welcome back to Couple Goals with s and Hey. Episode 49. Here we are. 49. Do you have a news story this week? Whoops. No, I don't either. But I do have, I do have a suggestion. I have an idea for people who are looking for a good Valentine's Day gift for their significant other. Okay. And Is it edible anus? <laughs> That's a good one. You would have had to get on that already. Yeah. Unless you just want to pour some chocolate on your anus. Sometimes. <laughs> Is that something you want to do sometimes? <laughs> I have it's something I do sometimes. Oh. Yeah. It's a mess. That's uh, just shit. That's not chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> you, the, the, what you do sometimes is just poo. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, that, that clears up a lot. <laughs> You're like, that explains the mess. Explains these constant diphtheria outbreaks. Um. <laughs> Gross. Grody to the max. No, I, I looked into this because I wanted to do it for you because it's kind of a, I've seen people doing this. I No, thank you. I don't want it. Mostly women. I don't know but, what it is. I don't want it. Uh, Pass. You don't, maybe. So you can have what they call boudoir photos done. Yes, you can. Yes, and I looked into it. Apparently, these places are only geared towards photographing were gonna, women. Were you going to do some George Costanza photos yes, for me? I was going to pick out some wonderful outfits, uh, underwears. I don't know. <laughs> what do you? What does a dude wear? But they're all geared towards just women, so you don't get any okay. boudoir photos of me for Valentine's Day. I hate to ruin Darn. your Valentine's Day. Yeah. I don't know what a man would wear. Were you going to wear like... Is it going to be like, like Borat, where you should wear oh, like, like a mankini? Like a mankini. <laughs> no, but I could get, I was thinking like a Speedo, and then I was going to do like silly boxer. It's going to have to be silly because I'm a fat old man, and it would be funnier if I had like ridiculous boxer Just shorts. Just because it's geared towards women, if you reached out to an actual like boardwalk photographer, yeah, I guarantee they would be more than willing to work with you. You think? Yes. Well, I all, mean, the, all the the half-assed internet research I did, it was very specifically worded towards women. I've looked into it for you. It's about 1400 bucks to get it. To get You're going to do it? You should do that. It's about $1,400. How many places did you look at? A couple. Yeah. Yeah. It's about 1400 yeah, I would like but, that. But it's, but it's like hair, it's makeup, it's like you get, you get, quote-unquote outfits which hmm. are not really and that's probably why it's geared towards women they probably have stuff there for women they probably don't apparently they don't have no you stuff don't for i don't men. really i don't really think you share your outfits but no but i mean like, they probably have stuff yeah to there's choose a from. hair and hair and makeup like staff yeah that come in for it and that's why it's so expensive i could i could use my like my spider-man onesie like that would be hot right you do some sexy poses <laughs> In my Spider-Man pajamas. It'd be fun. I'd be fully clothed. I have a camera. You already own the onesie. <laughs> we don't have to pay for that. It's funny to give somebody that. <laughs> to give your wife or girlfriend or whoever. 
pictures of you in, in so-called sexy. There's no way for me to look sexy. I think the only in way for me Spider-Man to look sexy onesie? for you is like I would have to be photos of me shopping at Aldi. Like that would turn yeah, you on. That would be hot. <laughs> that would be a big turn on for in you. In a not angry way. <laughs> because you shopping at Aldi makes you so angry. I hate that store. It's so poorly laid out and organized. Dude, I... Ugh. And then they just throw your groceries as hard as they can. It's so rude. <laughs> Don't like it. Oh, you can't put throw. batteries next to pretzels. What kind of fucking planogram is that? Like, who does that? Oh, it's you mean stupid. in the store? Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean... Like, well, it just it makes no goddamn sense over there. I fucking hate it. What are you going to do? But yeah, that, that would be boudoir photos of me for you that would maybe actually turn you on <laughs> me cooking yeah that's that's the kind of stuff that <laughs> again fully clothed fully clothed cooking cleaning like you putting away my laundry like my laundry putting <laughs> right. away your laundry not doing uh, the laundry so much more putting away because that's the, the task i hate yeah you Stuff like that. Well, there's some ideas, gentlemen. If you want boudoir photos, have have somebody photograph you while doing household chores. Yeah, that's hot. <laughs> that's, that's the kind of shit. That's the sweet spot for the for some ladies. Grocery shopping at the discount stores. Mm. But only if you're like Maggie, because a lot of ladies are apparently like Ew, the audience a lot for of Aquaman. Ladies are like, and they want to go see Jason like, Momoa. Diddle, diddle, diddle. Yeah. Looking for permission to come aboard. <laughs> Like, ew. Yeah. Ugh. I mean, you do you, but also don't. <laughs> Just don't. God. Yeah, I don't really have any news stories. I didn't do that part yeah. of the assignment. That's fine. Because I don't. You can just jump right into your topic. You could jump right into your topic. You want me to do my topic? Yeah. Okay. Did you figure out what it is? No, because you... This week... All right, here's what I thought your topic was this week. I thought it was... Oh, what did I think it was? I guessed multiple times this week. And Mason did too. What did we guess? At one point, you thought I was going to talk about the DC character Lobo. Oh, yeah, we thought it was Lobo. And then I think you guessed something else, or somebody guessed something else. Mason and I both guessed Lobo. I was watching something the other day. We both guessed... I don't even remember what it was now. Something that was already covered. And I was I've like, oh. covered Lobo for the most part. There's not really a lot to cover with Lobo. Yeah, but I've guessed things and you've told me no. There is already. a Lobo movie being developed, supposedly. They have somebody writing a script. And Michael Bay is fucking interested in directing it. We've talked about this. And thanks to yeah. the success of Aquaman, they're probably going to continue in that direction with really shitty, over-the-top, bombastic directors. Who don't give a shit about galactic bombastic i know oh. but that's what that reminds me of. oh the beastie boy song yeah now that uh the, these directors who only care about epic stunts and scenes and have no character development whatsoever okay so i don't know your topic i thought it was my topic be... is it's what it's about one of my favorite creators he is a writer, a producer, a voice actor, a stand-up comedian, an animator, and a musician. Any guesses? Is it Brendan Small? It is Brendan Small. Look at That's you. So smart. Look at the big brain on Brett. All right. All right, yes, Brendan Small. 
He is the... Well, he's all those things I just mentioned. He's the co-creator of the animated series called Home Movies, which he created with Lauren Bouchard, who also created... Oh, that's why you didn't know who Lauren... That Lauren Bouchard was a guy. was a a dude, but I did, because I know know that Lauren... Lauren Bouchard, he also created Bob's Burgers, or went on to create Bob's Burgers. Fucking no. And he is... He is also... You always forget that we're doing a podcast. Oh. That where there are people listening right now. Right now, like, I'm meaning right now in whatever point somebody's listening to this podcast they're right now not our right now but in the listeners right now and Dude, they're the right now they're listening radio what's that this isn't radio this, this isn't is... live yeah. but if i say right now the listener can assume they that i mean right now and in their right now whatever they're doing it's a lot of right nows <laughs> so right now then so right now i'm addressing listeners as well as you you always get so offended when i give you this information <laughs> that you already know i love it <laughs> Did you know he created a show called Metalocalypse, Maggie? That's shocking. <laughs> yes, he created uh, another animated series called Metalocalypse. Uh, Did you co- know that, that that reference that I just made is from High Fidelity? Yes. Yeah. Uh, he cre- co-created that with Tommy Blacha. Blacha. I knew that, too. And as the creator, he is also the... the so. I'll get into what Metalocalypse is in a little bit. It's about a, it's a show about a, a virtual death metal band. This is animated. a great episode. Yeah, is it? I really, I I love Brendan Small. So <laughs> anyway, go on. So it's about a, a a virtual death metal band called Death Clock, and by virtual I mean kind of like the gorillas. Like the gorillas are animated, but you know obviously there's real people behind it, but they right because you can't they're represented just... by animated avatars or whatever right. and a death clock is the same thing except it's a, a melodic death metal band so as as a creator he's also the, the lead vocalist guitarist and he's a songwriter he's the show writer show runner all, all these things for he's he's like the creator i mean he's he's a big part of it like we've seen them in concert which is super fucking cool i mean he's he's the lead singer and it's funny because he's this like redhead, just a normal looking dude. He's yeah. just a normal look. He's got short hair. He's just like this guy. He doesn't look like some super heavy metal guy. He doesn't guy. look like Nathan Explosion, who is no. the who is the character, who is the lead singer. But I'm gonna get a little bit into his history before we get back into the Metalocalypse stuff. So, uh, Brandon Small started learning guitar age 14 after a kid in his neighborhood began teaching him about guitar and music. At his first public performance, his his hands shook so wildly that he had trouble controlling the guitar. It was another 10 years before he was comfortable performing in public. He was 24 before he performed in public. Uh, According to the old Wikipedia here. He attended Berklee College of Music. How old is he now? He's like my age, 42, 43. Huh. So he graduated from Berklee College of Music in 1997. Berklee, very prestigious School of Music. Uh, during his music studies, he concurrently took several writing and comedy classes at Emerson College. After graduating, he felt that the rock music genre was fading in popularity, so he decided to try his hand at comedy. So this was like '97. So this what was is, popular '97? It was. But this is about the time that Home Movies was out. So. Wait, when is Home Movies? Like 2003. So it was like five years later. He got his. He got his Home Movies. 
Like I'm doing a whole thing oh. here. <laughs> yeah. I know you got questions, babe, and I will answer them. <laughs> tell me everything. I am going to tell you as much as Wikipedia told me. <laughs> All right. So he was performing at the comedy studio in Harvard Square when he was spotted by Lauren Bouchard, who at the time was casting for the central character for a UPN pilot. I should tell you the era we're talking about. UPN. That was yeah. a network. For any younger listeners, that was a network like Fox or NBC. Except garbage. Uh, it was Much produced, like Fox. produced <laughs> by Sorry. produced by Tom Snyder Productions, which eventually evolved into home movies. Home movies was so fucking good. He voiced the show's protagonist, eight-year-old aspiring filmmaker Brendan Small. Who's a little redhead. <laughs> as well as a number of other characters. So let's talk a little bit about home movies. So that was fucking loved home movies. It's a, it's a great series. It's no longer streaming on Hulu, unfortunately. Great um, movie or great movie. Great show. Uh, he. The first when I first saw that show, the first thing I thought of was another show called Dr. Katz, professional therapist. That was called Dr. Katz, something therapist. Yeah. Um, professional, I think. And I'm pretty I don't know if he ever did voices on there or not, but I know H. John Benjamin. H. John Benjamin did. did. And yeah. he came over and did stuff, but it had the, what they called squiggle so did vision. Other people. So did um, so did the guy who played Melissa's dad. He was on that. Yeah. Like other other people. Ron Lynch who, and, and all those. Ron Lynch was on that. And tons of comedians were on Dr. Katz. And but that was done in a style called squiggle vision. This really kind of jittery animated style and which got toned down over time. And then home movies started off that way. And it, it I mean, it was always kind of like that, but it, it got toned down over yeah, time, too. You're talking about like Adult Swim. Comedy, yes. Like. And so I was immediately drawn to, though, because I love Dr. Katz. So because of that animated style and it had that real dry sense of humor to it. Really funny. Great show. Right. Oh, so I made a I made a tweet to Brennan Small when we went to go see him as mm-hmm. as uh, Death Clock. Yes. And I referenced home movies. And what was the line you referenced? I referenced. I said it's time to pay the price because there's an episode isn't that the last episode or no? Or is that no, just there's about, just that's just episode. how they end. That's, there's an episode where he, they he realizes that his movies all have the same line in it. Yeah. No matter what that. they're about. Yeah. And they all say it's time to pay the price. And he's like, holy shit, I'm washed up. I'm terrible. And I'm seven, <laughs> you know, and he's like, this sucks. So after the concert, I I tweeted at him that back when I used to tweet, and I said, you know, my ears are ringing after death clock or whatever. And I was like, it's time to pay the price. Yeah. And he fucking liked my tweet. <laughs> so. He's a very cool guy. Because I, yeah. I actually tweeted at him before that show. But I was just asking what time death clock was going on. Because we had to travel two hours for that. And we had to work and stuff. So it yeah, was kind of a like, tight schedule. Yeah. And and it's, I've, I, I've tweeted or Facebook messaged other bands. And a lot of bands will tell you oh, our right. set starts at 9 20 or whatever some people will just ignore you brendan small very big popular guy like immediately tweeted me back with their set time is very cool it's always nice dude a lot of people are super awesome yeah like a lot of people are garbage people but whatever brendan small's awesome yeah all right so now i'm going to move on and we, we are going to talk about metalocalypse so uh, he, again he started as co-producer co-writer composer voice actor paul and- poundstone was on the first 
Oh yeah, she played his. She mom was the for first season. Yeah, that's what Paula, his mom, is named after Paula Poundstone. Right, and then she was off after the first season. I don't know if that's when all the shit went down with her kids or whatever, but she was off after the first season, and it was, it was so. That show is so great. Yeah, it is so great. It, it is so great. Exists. It's it still just exists. Not, yeah, it's not just not running, and you can't currently get it on streaming. But I do not for free anyway. You could still buy it. You could still buy it, and you could probably get it. Still on Adult Swim. A lot of their shows. Yeah, they do you rerun still, that stuff. Yeah. You could well, and you can still get it on their website. If yeah, you just yeah. sit there and if watch you have, your computer. If you're subscribed to cable, you can probably access the Adult Swim app. Yeah. And or the Cartoon Network app, whatever it is, and watch it that way. So, in August sixth of two thousand six, a little show called Metalocalypse premiered. Now, I I just want to go a little bit into when I first saw this show i first saw the promo for the show and I, I if i remember correctly and this is pure memory i don't see this in here it was called death clock metalocalypse was the name of the show initially like in the promos death clock metalocalypse or it might have been metalocalypse death clock or something right so anyway i only saw the promos and it looked fun and i had no idea brandon small was involved with it from the promos i don't remember hearing his name or anything like that i might not have even known his name yet at the time even though i had seen home movies and stuff we had watched home movies even all the time brandon small so yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I certainly didn't know he was I didn't know he did all that like when I watched home movies with you I just enjoyed it I never knew he was that he wrote that music and stuff and you can hear Metalocalypse riffs right. in home movies it's funny to go back and hear that stuff when you rewatch it yeah yeah and I, I didn't know that he was that involved so I remember and this is a very very vague memory because it, it honestly wasn't real impactful at the time but I remember when they were advertising this new show Death Clock Metalocalypse. My only thought or my initial thought was, oh, they're making a show that's making fun of heavy metal. And I was kind of I was like, you know, there's that part of you because you're a fan of it. You're like, oh, this is going to suck. I didn't know it was being made by a person from the inside. It's one thing when somebody on the inside of heavy metal makes fun of heavy metal because heavy metal is ridiculous. Right. You know, it's absolutely over the top ridiculous. I know that. But you it's it's different when somebody like Brian Pussain talks about heavy metal versus, you know, somebody who who doesn't listen to heavy metal at right. all. Starts like if talking I start about talking it. about heavy metal, it's like, calm down. I mean, you just somebody who, who no, literally is never exposed to me. it. You're exposed to it, though. <laughs> yeah. You know, it, it's it's always different. You know, you get the people with the satanic. Why are you like all that screaming? Blah, blah, blah. All, you know what I mean? And I, I didn't know if that's what it was. Uh, and I didn't. So I don't I didn't watch the premiere of it. I don't think. I do it, but it was a few weeks later, I did end up watching. And the first episode I saw was the Duncan Hills coffee oh. jingle episode. And I was in love. I was like, holy shit. Because the music was like, this is I had no idea there was going to be actual metal music. You know what I mean? It, it, I couldn't believe how it, it it was actual good metal and, you know, kind of silly lyrics, which, you know, again, metal is silly. I mean, especially when you get into the power metal and the yeah. Viking metal and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But man, it was it it's so perfectly done as far as parody. It's but at the same time, it's not parody. It's it's it's, it's all it's, it's the show is actually more a parody of celebrity culture than heavy it's, metal. It's really well done. Yeah, it's making fun of heavy metal culture, but but it's more. I think it's music, more making fun of celebrity culture and right. how the way celebrities are deified and treated and all that kind of thing. And, and, basically, and in this so show, well done. And I'm going to share the premise. I know you know this already. Yeah. But in this show, 
Death Clock, this this death metal band is the most popular band in the world. They are the Post Malone, Ed Sheeran, Taylor Swift, Beyonce, whatever the fuck, Lady Gaga of this universe. They are just the biggest thing in the fucking world. They're the 11th largest economy or something like that yeah. in the world. They've made just shit tons of money. Fans sign waivers to go to their shows in case they die and their fans <laughs> are willing to do it. And and so they play this super brutal death metal. And then we, we see their lives at home. They all live together in this crazy castle. It looks like it's straight out of fucking Mordor. And they are just these pampered little babies, basically. Yeah. <laughs> They're whiny and self-obsessed and self-absorbed. And it's fucking hilarious. And that's that's what I mean by it. it's to me, it's more a parody of celebrity culture with some awesome fucking heavy metal music to go with it. They just happen to be members of this band. Yeah. And Squizgar, he likes his G milfs. G milfs. That's a grandma's I likes to fuck. <laughs> yeah. As as he says, he likes to pluralize. That's words. why that's why I randomly pluralize. That's things. why we both do it. We both both pluralize words that have no so business now being pluralized. You can go back to the last 49 episodes <laughs> and hear when we randomly start pluralizing things. It's so, because of that one character. It's all due to Squizgar. <laughs> because he does it. And yeah, that's that's that. All right, so let me get back to my notes here. All right, so the series focuses on a fictional death metal band named Death Clock. Each episode features at least one original song. And now, what's cool is he went on to release these albums, full albums. And and in the episode, you can tell he, he pretty much just recorded the vocals, guitar, and bass himself, I'm guessing, and then used a drum machine. Because the final product, when he got actual musicians besides himself, which he's a very, very excellent musician, but he got... Gene Hoagland on drums, who's with uh, Testament and uh, Death Angel. And then he's got Brian Beller. And I forget the other guy now. Shit. But he, he's got some really talented musicians working with him. And so the drums sound significantly better when, when he had. But I mean, they, they sound fine drum machine, but they sound like drum machine. And, he, you know, he, it's, it's really cool that he went and actually recorded them and put them out as albums. All right. So in addition to all that stuff he does, performing, writing music, performing it he also voices three of the five members of the band and the, the five members of the band are the lead singer is nathan explosion he does his voice he, he just does vocals he his his appearance is to me based on george corpse grinder fisher from cannibal corpse who's the lead singer of, of cannibal corpse he looks a lot like him and he also looks a little bit like peter Steele from typo negative with the long dark hair but i think he's mostly based on uh, corpse grinder. You know how I feel about sand. <laughs> I say that a lot too. He also voices the drummer whose name is Pickles. Pickles the drummer. Pickles' appearance is based Unless on. Toki says it. In that case, it's pickle. Pickle. Yeah, the one where he Toki. doesn't pluralize. Toki doesn't pluralize. Is Toki who pluralizes? Am I saying? No, no. no. I think they both pluralize yeah. things. But I think... so, but Toki doesn't pluralize pickles. Yeah, his like, name's so pickles. He just says pickle. <laughs> he calls him hey, pickle. It's the, it's the only thing Toki doesn't pluralize. <laughs> so Pickles is the drummer, he does his voice. His appearance is based and, and these are this is just my assumptions. He looks a lot like uh Devin Townsend who was in Strapping Young Land and is now uh, Strapping Young Lad, sorry. And who is now a, a solo artist, very accomplished. He's Toki. bald. He's bald now, but back in the day he had I think they call it a skullet. He had really long hair, but he was bald on top, like not intentionally, but, be, be, you know, her jeans. <laughs> that's just that's the hand he was dealt. But he had really long hair and it was he had long red hair and he, he didn't have dreads. 
Pickles, Pickle. Pickles hair is is dreadlocked, which I think is also a reference to Axl Rose, because at one point Axl Rose had really long. I don't think they were dreads. So I think they were more braids. They're braids. Yeah. So uh, and then the other character we, we've already talked about a little bit is Squisgar Squig Elf, who's the blonde Swedish or not. What is he? What is his? He's is, Swedish. Is OK, he? is he Norse. I don't know. I get all that confused over there. I'm not good. with Yeah. Geography. He's, he's Swedish. So, but he's an amazing guitar player. He's their lead guitar player. He's kind of based on who, who would I say he's? He reminds me of Frederick Thordenall from Meshuggah with his long, straight blonde hair is who he looks like. Uh, and then the other two members of the band, you, you have Toki Wartooth, which you've, you've talked about. And he's he, not a bumblebee. <laughs> Toki Wartooth, not a bumblebee. He, his appearance to me is based on Alexi Leho from Children of Bodom. And he's a good guitar player. And Squisgar, however, he's thinks he way, is not. Right. And, and he's always picking on Toki. And he re-records all his parts, <laughs> his guitar parts behind his back and everything. And he, but first, he sits on his own fingers for a half hour. So that way he sounds like Toki. <laughs> he's just always ragging on poor Toki. And then, of course, we have our bass player, Murderface. Murderface. And I don't really know who he, his appearance is based on. He looks Cold like he's nerfed. He looks like somebody from the 70s. He's got, he's a so he's got this weird kind of Afro-ish hair. He's so ugly. He has Pobody's nerfed tattooed across his belly. He, sometimes he plays his bass with his penis. Sometimes he doesn't even play. And they're like, that's good. That's good <laughs> that's to like, know. <laughs> like, yeah. It's not even plugged in. <laughs> like that's yeah. Murderface is just gross and disgusting and yeah, but you can't help but like him. Yeah, all the and there's, there's tons of great characters. Everybody's likable. Yeah. That's what's that's what's great about that show is like, and there's uh, the fucking clown. Oh yeah, Doctor Roxo. Doctor Roxo, I do cocaine. Yeah, he's kind of based a little bit on old David Lee Roth. Not old, I mean like old as in back in the eighties. David Lee Roth, not not now. He now he's old, but he's just he's he wears. Similar clothes and has a behavior of somebody from the uh, an eighties <laughs> hair metal type band. I do often seen as a great character. He he's yeah. like the anchor of Death Clock. He Dude, does his that best. Show is so great to look after them. He's like their caretaker, and it, he <laughs> they think he's a butler. They have no idea that <laughs> he handles like all their finances and everything. He's their he's, business manager. Yeah, he he does so much for them behind the scenes, and they don't appreciate him at all. All right, so that's Metalocalypse. So Metalocalypse ran for four seasons. It's available on DVD. Four seasons on Blu-ray. I highly you you can buy it digitally. That's that's what I was gonna. I just wanted to recommend. Support people like Brandon Small. He's a he's for the most part he's an independent creator, and now he doesn't have the rights to he. So he, yeah, he doesn't have the rights to Death Clock. Jesus Christ. Yeah, that's a, Adult Swim, Cartoon Network, whatever you know. And that's one of those things though that as a creator, you know, and you, we've talked about know, this before you with know comic what book you're creators. On to. Right, and like, you, you, you do know. it. You make these sacrifices so you can put your thing out. You know, right. you want your you want the world to see your stuff. So you you know what's going to happen. Well, what kind of happened from what I've read is, so they did a they did four seasons, and then he did a uh, he did this really cool like half hour long episode that's a, a musical from start to finish, called Doomstar Requiem, and it's a Death Clock rock opera. Is it out? Yeah, I've watched. It. I own it. Oh, I've watched okay. it a bunch of times. You never wanted to that. watch it. It's well, it's, really good. I feel good. like I feel like. 
bad things happen at the end. No, but you got to run at the end of season four, bad thing. And I don't want to give any spoilers, but season but four I ends remember, on a down note and they yeah. recover from that. So you, I, I you remember watch something it. bad happening to one to something, someone I really like. Yes. And I so don't, you don't want to see how that resolved at all. I know. You don't want to. I know. Just how like resolved. I won't. Just like I won't see the next infinity shit, shit <laughs> the infinity show. shit the infinity shit show that i'm calling it that's what i call infinity the next shit show that's what i'm calling the next uh, marvel movie infinity uh, shit show yeah, Star Requiem is really good i've watched it multiple times i bought it digitally as soon as it was available on amazon prime it was like the first thing was available on digitally so i have it on there uh so he he did that on his own dime basically but he they Initially, Adult Swim told him they were going to do a fifth season. They said they wanted to do like they wanted to wrap it up and do like a mini series or something, you know, like a short season. Right. And he said okay, and then they just changed their mind about it. Basically, I, I, okay, okay. I'm yeah. Not gonna, oh, just, I don't have a watch on. And he even got some. Uh, he, he when you remember, I signed that petition and was trying to get other people to sign the petition. And everything. Yeah. It actually worked, and they they got some adver- He they had like two million dollars in advertisers behind it. And they still just pulled the plug on it. They won't let him use the name, which which I'll get into that a little bit. Um, Jesus Christ. Yeah. So they toured. He, he did tour his death clock. He took out Gene Hoagland, Mike Keneally, and Brian Beller to... How can he tour if he doesn't have the name? No, no, this was back in 2007. Oh, so it was back when he had the name. Yeah, yeah. I'm just, I'm kind of this bouncing back here. This is what we thought. So the first time was 2007. They play, it was called the Death Tour. They played 12 U.S. college campuses in support of the first album. Oh, yeah, and I should mention the first album came out in 2007, debuted on the Billboard Top 200 at number 21. Yeah, it was really fucking good. And it is, at the time, it was the highest ranked death metal album on Billboard at that point. Yeah. Yeah. So 21 for a death metal album back then was pretty fucking huge. And it was really good. It is really good. Yeah, you it's always a really talk about the past tense. It is still available. <laughs> it is a very good album currently. <laughs> it still exists. You still listen to songs off of it. It's I always do. funny to me when I get in the car and Mermaiders on. Yeah, you're listening to Mermaider, which is a song about mermaid murder. Yeah, yeah, it's a very, very serious show. Very serious topics. In the, the, they're covering the big stuff. Yeah. All right, so they went out on tour. I and they actually they were supporting an indie rock band called And You Will Know Us by the Trail of Dead. It's kind of funny because they're not a metal band. So uh, they reunited in 2008. And this is the first time I saw them to do a longer death tour where they they headline and they brought Chimera and Soylent Green with them. And, you know, I love Soylent Green. I didn't go to that one, right? No, I went. With, I went to the next. I one. went with uh, our. Our friend Tom who's not with us anymore, Aww. but he uh, we went. He had a great time because I had just kind of introduced him to the show when we worked together and he was like, yeah, I want to go see that. And he wasn't really into metal, but he really liked the show itself. And then, so he wanted to go to the show with us or with me, but yeah, that, and also Soylent Green was there and I, I love them. Um, so, so that was, that was awesome. And then in 2009, they released a one shot comic book called death clock versus the goon. And I'm not going to go into, I was going to go into Eric Powell and the Goon. The Goon is one of my favorite comics. I was going to say, save that for its own episode. Eric Powell is one of my favorite creators, independent yeah. creators, and they work together. And it's always cool when people you admire work together yeah. when you don't know that they, you know what I mean? It, it makes sense. But at the same time, it's like, oh, you know that guy? <laughs> you know Eric Powell? <laughs> it yeah. makes total sense. They're in that Dude, same that's realm. How I, that's how I felt. But yeah. Okay, go on. I'm not going <laughs> to. All right. Can, second Death Clock album, Death Album 2. 
was released in 2009. That's the one that has gears on it, right? The gears, yes. That is, I love that. That song. is the catchiest fucking yeah. melodic death metal song I've ever heard. I can play that song on repeat like five times. And what's funny is if you listeners, if you listen to the song, listen to it, go on YouTube or Spotify or whatever the hell you use. Look up Death Clock, which Death Clock is spelled D-E-T-H-K-L-O-K. And there's a song. You know, metal. There's a song called The Gears by Death Clock. It is just I don't know if you'll like it or not, but it's just funny. Maggie loves this song and it's fucking brutal. It's heavy as fuck. It's a heavy song. I don't it think is. It is. It is. I can listen to just it on repeat five times. Like I can listen to it from the time I get in the car to the time I get somewhere and just repeat it. Yeah, I love it. But here's I think the thing. It's so you catchy. love it. It's funny as you, you don't like Black Dahlia Murder. I think Black Dahlia Murder and Death Clock have a lot of I, similarities. I don't think they are similar. I think they're very similar. I don't. If they use the same tuning on their guitars on a lot of songs, which, and they're both melodic death metal. The vocal style is different. I'll give you that. For the most part, the vocal style is different. And However, to me, the vocal style matters a lot. So the vocal style is different. But what's funny is you like metal, you like death clock because of the show. You can tolerate that extreme metal. And I guarantee if some of these listeners listen to it and put it on, they, 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 they turn it off. They just immediately take their <laughs> headphones out and they'd be like, no, I'm not. Maggie's fucking crazy. What the hell? I thought she listened Fuck! What do you post Malone? I didn't know she could handle this kind of stuff. But because of the show, so good and so funny, you can tolerate the music, which I think is great. I I love it. I'm I'm I think that's awesome. And clearly, I like, I like Ghost and Go the Ghost isn't heavy. Oh okay. No, they're not. They're not a heavy band. Okay. Well, they're a very melodic band. I like melodic. But but clearly, they had that effect on a lot of people because Death Album Two came out and per and uh, reached. 15 on the top 200, making it the highest charting death metal album in history. 15 Boom. on the chart. So, yeah, that's see, that's awesome to me, though, that that he because context, he created. Yeah. Right. But the music, yeah. he doesn't lighten up the music at no, all. He doesn't. The music, like I said, the music is just as heavy. Brendan Small is so talented. Yes. And he's smart. Yes. And he's just he's fantastic. Yeah. He like it's he really is. one of my my favorite creators. He's he's great. He He's just fantastic. All right, so I'm gonna, he he was able to release a uh, Thunder Horse guitar with Gibson, his own Thunder Horse is also a song. signature guitar. Yeah, and it's, an it's a death and it's really really it's cool explorer shaped guitar. I'm gonna kind of skip past this though. We're, I'm running long here. Don't worry about it. Mine's real short because I'm just uh, okay. talking about some stuff that has to do with my big launch. <laughs> and. In 2012, he released his debut solo album called Galacticon. This also featured the same members of Death Clock. Well, it, it featured Brian Beller on bass and Gene Hoagland on drums. And and then uh, this is his personal stuff, right? It is. We so, were listening to it in the car the other day and I didn't say anything because it was fine. It was good. Yeah. And it wasn't because I saw a show with him doing it. It was just because it was fine. Well, we were listening to Galacticon 2, the second album, which sounds a lot like Death Clock. And I think that's why you didn't say anything. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's why, my point. That's why you didn't, didn't say, anything. say anything. All right. So he described the first. Now, the, the first Galacticon album is, well, they're both concept albums. There's two Galacticon albums. This one came out in 2012. Uh, Brendan Small described it as a high stakes intergalactic extreme rock album. And it, I don't know what that means. <laughs> you don't know I, it, I don't know what that means all right so it's well it's an extreme rock album okay and the intergalactic part it's about a character named triton who is a an interstellar intergalactic bounty hunter oh are we talking like about lyrics and stuff yeah 
Oh, okay. Never mind. Then I don't care. Oh, yeah. Well, it's about. Uh, no, I don't listen to lyrics and songs. Well, that's fine. I'm going to go into it now, though, because I really like that. I like that he, I, I like concept albums, first of all, when they're executed well. And this one's well done. But it's about mm-hmm. Triton and base. He, he's an interstellar bounty hunter, but he just went, he's going through like a terrible divorce. <laughs> and nope. his, I'm his out. ex Capping is out. now, his ex is now fucking the villain. Uh-uh. It's just a whole mess. And now he has to save her. It's a whole mess. No, yeah, it doesn't. I, that's the last thing I would do. <laughs> well, he chooses to save her, I should I would say. I like, wrong. So, like, yeah, but it's got this whole thing going on. I fucking love it. And then, it, uh, I, I just messed up. Oh, so he released that on his own record label. He funded the album himself. He used all the profits he received to fund future projects. In 2013 is when he released the what is the fourth Death Clock album, the Doomstar Requiem. On his personal label instead of the usual William Street Records because he wanted to make sure there was a future for Death Clock's music. He explained that if he hadn't done this, Death Album 3 would have been the last Death Clock record released. He went on to explain that the only way to keep Death Clock's music going was by making this personal investment, regardless of whether or not it would be financially beneficial to him. And I think that's one of the coolest, one of the cool things about him, even though he's he's been very successful when when you know things were on the downswing with Adult Swim for whatever fucking reasons over there. He was like, he was driven to get this out and to let the fans hear it because he, he knows there's a fan base for it and stuff. Right. So Galacticon 2 came out in 2017. It's a great album. If if you already like Death Clock, listen to this album. It's basically Death Album 4. And, you know, it, but again, it, the, the lyrics are, are are about Triton, the, the same character uh, from the first Galacticon. You really don't like this. I really hate the idea of, I, first of all, I don't care about lyrics. Yeah, I know. Unless they're shitty, then I care. <laughs> like, well, what? How do you what? How do you justify anything you listen to? Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, at least I'm aware. <laughs> um, I really don't like like country lyrics when they're like oh, my car and my jeep and I don't dog like overly sentimental lyrics, which like, is why I hate country as a genre. Like I don't like that. But but I really don't like like I like lyrics I can tune out. Yeah. Those well, you can't kind of, understand what he's saying. And remember, oh, Nathan Explosion's like, oh, nobody knows what the fuck I'm saying anyway. <laughs> I'll work it in. <laughs> like, I like, yeah, like that. I, but I like, like, the, the Duncan Hills Dun- coffee. Yeah. Like, I like those kind of lyrics. Like, I like stupid, mindless <laughs> lyrics where they're promoting coffee. And Well, he's only recently released the lyrics. Here's the thing. I don't look up lyrics. When I was younger, I would study lyrics. I don't like that. I don't so, look up lyrics anymore. The fact that there's like an overarching story to all the albums about like a guy in space. I'm like, all right. Listen. But how is that different from the show? He's a, he doesn't have the show platform. So instead, he's consigning it to the album. He's still telling a story. The whole Metalocalypse show is a story. I'm glad that he is finding a creative outlet for it. You, just, you want nothing would... to do with concept albums? That's no, I, I, that I'm makes perfect sense because you are a fan of songs. You're not even an correct. album fan, period. Correct. You don't like correct any albums. You like songs. You are correct. Yeah. But and I would like I would like his albums or his songs. If I as long as like I can't understand what he's saying. <laughs> <laughs> like if I can, you know what I mean? Like if he's like Tom Jones in it up and I can understand no. all the words. Well, no, there is some melodic vocals. You know, you know how you would use pickles. He'd bring pickles in to do a melodic vocal. He doesn't yeah. do a pickles voice, but he does use like his own voice sometimes, and uh, instead of just straight up death metal voice all the time. I, I think both albums he are really about good. His hands on his of his arms and all that. No. <laughs> like yeah, hands at the end of my arm. 
like ads. So, was, so great. That the, show was so great. But anyway, it's fantastic. I just want to wrap it up and say, even if you don't like metal, you, you should you should check out Metalocalypse somewhere by the first season, rent it, buy the DVD, whatever, borrow it from someone. It's it's great. It's hilarious. And in like Maggie, it might even get you into metal just a little bit, just a little bit. So that's that's all I got. That's a really it's a really great show. It's smart. I mean, whole movies is a good gateway drug, right? So to find out if you like the humor, start off with whole movies. Yeah. OK, I would so, I go. Let me see if if you start with Metalocalypse season one, I would recommend turning on subtitles for season one because of the he does these ridiculous accents for all the characters. He tones them down slightly over time, but I think they weren't recorded as well. Yeah, they could be very hard to understand in the first few episodes. Foods libraries. Foods libraries. Foods libraries. They, they're they they have to go grocery shopping for the first time, and, and they've never been because their chef dies. In a, a and they, helicopter accident, like you do, and, and then they go to the grocery store and they call it a food library. And they're like foods <laughs> libraries, so it's very hard to understand them in uh, season one, but it's fantastic. And they're and they use the latest squizgars. It's, it's fantastic. <laughs> latest tampons. Latest tampons. Use the latest squizgars. It's. <laughs> So fantastic. It's also why we do terrible voices occasionally. It's why yeah, we did it, the it's Dutch just worked into our so many Dutch. Dutch. We do yeah, Dutch. Oh, that, yeah. Squizgar is Dutch. Dutch. It's like we do a lot of it a lot of the time. And uh, this does not segue into my topics in any way, shapes or forms. <laughs> However, yes, I do have a pretty big launch coming up. Yes. Tell us so about it. when this episode comes out, Assuming you don't randomly put it out in 20 minutes after we record it like you did last oh, no, week. I don't have my episode eight when I when I get if I actually do. And if you guys want to hear my Star Wars episode eight, let me know and I'll come up with it. I have a little bit of ideas, but if you want to hear it, I will I will make it an episode. So I'll put it up as soon as I am done editing it. <laughs> so since Sean has taken over editing, he got so excited after he was done it. And by editing, I mean, he was so excited after we recorded last week's episode, he edited out. A coughing fit that I had the very beginning where we kind of like are always a little quiet at the beginning and then the end where we always There's have like, like a, a second light. of silence. I did There's out always the a second of silence end. at the beginning, and a second of silence at the end. And then I had a coughing fit in the middle. He edited that out and then he published it immediately. He couldn't even wait until oh, tomorrow. I'm so excited. I love my episode seven. It's so good compared to Force <laughs> Awakens. It's, it's, so, it's so upsetting that it's never, ever going to be made. So anyway, tomorrow, the 14th, when this goes up, my enrollment is open for my new class. Yay! Yay! So the self-led class, it's called Big Bad Goal Getter. It is at MaggieIsleyCoaching.com. And the self-led class starts immediately as soon as you enroll. Yeah. The group class and the VIP class start on the 21st. Of January. Okay. And then they start once a month thereafter and the schedule will be posted. But to tie into that, because it's not truly a shilling episode, but I decided to tie into that. Two guys that I mentioned like in passing, like I say their names one time in the class. Yeah. That I thought I would actually talk about on the podcast because it was kind of interesting. They're kind of they're kind of uh, interesting guys. Okay. Emil Kuei. Don't know what you're saying. I know. That's why when you asked me who I was. <laughs> Sounds like you're clearing your throat every time you say that. 
So Sean was like, what are you doing for the podcast? I was like, Emil Kuei. And he was like, huh? Is that a name? Is that one word? Is that two words? <laughs> and then the other guy is Napoleon Hill. Oh, yeah. Which I've said multiple times. And I really like that guy. Although he did have like a fucked up history with relationships and stuff. But whatever. Hey, so, nobody's nerfed. Nobody's nerfed. Murder face. So this is actually going to be a lot less dry than my normal topics. Because it's not just me reading Wikipedia. Okay. So Emil Quay was a, fe- a fr- French psychologist and pharmacist and he introduced a popular method of psychotherapy and self-improvement based on optimistic auto-suggestion okay oh you don't know what that is okay so he was alive from 1857 to 1926 so we're talking about some old-timey shit yeah got it yes quay was a contemporary of sigmund freud i don't know why when you said old-timey i immediately heard a player piano in my head right <laughs> and there's like there's like a monkey on a guy's shoulder <laughs> he's all like haha and you're like give him a coin <laughs> so he's a contemporary of sigmund freud and he operated a clinic that treated patients diagnosed with psychosomatic ailments so people would convince themselves they were ill back in the day yeah but they didn't actually have anything that was wrong with them so he used auto suggestion techniques that he coined as a term of positive affirmations okay i'm sure you've heard that because you live with me yeah okay but we're talking back in the day like 1800s early 1900s i got it so he was he's the grandfather godfather father founding father 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 (laughs) of affirmations okay so this was a self-induced suggestion that like lets you guide your own thoughts feelings behavior it's basically self-hypnosis is what a positive affirmation is. Hmm. Right? Yeah. So do you know what that is? What? That's what? the, like, I am statements. Like, I am effortless prosperity. It's like, it's stuff that I cover in my class. I, I'm just thinking about Jack Handy. Like, right. Okay. Well, no, not Jack Handy. Um, Stuart Smalley. Saturday Night Live. Oh, yeah. Well, um, I was thinking about daily affirmations with Jack Handy. Is that oh, a thing yeah. or no? No, that's not. But you want to think of... Is that not a thing? No. What was it Deep Thoughts. Deep Thoughts with Jack Handy. You're, okay. you want, you're thinking of Stuart Smalley. I thought he did daily affirmations at some point. And you're thinking of... I know, I know Stuart Smalley, too. With um that... Remember the Michael Jordan with Al episode? Frank, the Al Franken... Yeah, but remember the Michael Jordan episode? Oh, yeah, Jordan Michael episode? Jordan. Yeah, that yeah. Was, that's, yeah, that's I'm classic. I'm good enough, I'm smart enough, and people like me. But that's that's it. Like, that's what affirmations oh, are. Oh, okay, you're right, though. Stuart Smalley did daily affirmations. Right. It was called daily affirmation. Okay, my bad. My mistake. So, but I was still thinking of the Jack hand deep thought. I don't know. I was thinking of that voice and that right, how the writing would come across the screen and all that. Right. But that's, I I know it was confusing those two, but yeah, that's very nineties. That's very nineties. New age. Yeah. I mean, you're not far off in general. Affirmations with Stuart small. Good enough. I'm I'm smart enough. enough And doggone it. it, People people like me. me. Yeah, the Michael Jordan one. Holy shit. When Michael Jordan's trying to keep a straight face where he's like, I don't have to get the ball in the hoop every time. (laughs) (laughs) He's making Michael Jordan say it. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking great. (laughs) But those are affirmations, right? Right, yes. And like, they've been around since like the 1800s. Yeah. And people were like, and this guy, Emil Kue, was like, hey, we could totally like. How do you spell his last name? C-O-U-E? Quay? Quay. And Um, Emil, I assume, is just E-M-I-L, maybe an E on the end? Yeah, with an E on the end. Okay. So, 
he devised this non-specific phrase that would give your subconscious a positive instruction, but it was like open enough that it didn't tell your subconscious how to interpret it. Okay. Because that's the thing with your subconscious. And we'll talk about this in my class if you enroll, because my class is about getting your goals. It's called Big Bad Goal Getter. If you don't give your subconscious something to do, it's idle and it makes up its own shit, right? You hmm. you know this. I do. Yes, because that's why you can't you have to have the TV on when you go to bed. Oh, because. Oh, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you sit around. With I call nothing, I don't call my subconscious, but I, I that's I, your mind. I, my my brain will go places I don't want it to go if it's not distracted. Right. That's what I'm talking about. OK, so if you don't actively feed your brain, it it will feed itself. Yes. And in some and a lot of times for a lot of people, that's negative. And it'll spiral. That's why people are like. That's why you dream, though, too, right? Right. Yeah. But that's why, like, at three o'clock in the morning, all of a sudden you're remembering something from 15 years ago that, like, <laughs> that was, was super awkward. And, like, <laughs> you're like, you're like, you walked into the I can't the believe room. I didn't hold the door for that lady <laughs> right. when I was nine. Right. That's what, that's what, that's what I'm talking about. So, no. so if you don't actively feed your brain, you're like, oh, I'm a, I'm a fucking moron. Like, that's weird. Yeah. And with the, with positive affirmations, Kuwait was like, hey, instead of you sitting around saying, I'm so sick, I'm so sick, I'm so sick. Try saying like his 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 affirmation that he introduced was every day in every way. I am getting better and better. Except it was French. Yeah. And he was all like, French. Yeah, that was his that was the that was his. He was like French and he instructed his patients to repeat the phrase several times a day. And then improvements among his patients happened so quickly and dramatically that it became the talk of the medical and scientific world. Hmm. And they were like, the fuck is happening? <laughs> so it became a movement in Europe and Kuwait took a show on the road. They were like, this is crazy talk. <laughs> So he shows up in America and arrogant Americans are like, boo. Right. We're America. We don't need your shit. This is nonsense. Right. Go back to the bibliotheque. Right. right? Yeah. I don't know. I took German, <laughs> but pretty much. So he shows up. He shows up at one of his first speaking engagements in America. Yeah. And a newspaper reporter shows up because it's the late 1800s. And starts making fun of him and writes this piece mm. and they're like, hell's bells. I'm well. And like making that's like a joke because it's, you know, the early 20th century. So those, those were jokes back then. Yeah. Like that's what they thought it was funny. Like they were mocking him. Yeah. So the joke follows Kuwait for the next couple stops on his tour. And it was, the press coverage was so negative that he just left the United States. It was like, fuck all y'all. I'm going back to France. It's good to you know we've go. always been this way here in America. <laughs> we'll just run you the fuck out of the country. He's like, he's like, you know what? Europe's better. You guys are fucking assholes. Right. Bye forever. Yeah. So he leaves. We chased out the indigenous people. <laughs> we chase out the visitors. We don't give a shit. We don't care. So he leaves. We're like, we're going to stay here with our fucking limiting beliefs and all of our shit that keeps us, you know, being terrible. Yeah. 
And now serious scientists and therapists continue to work with autosuggestion, like even today, but it fell out with a favor with the general public because of stage magicians, stage magicians. They were using hypnosis to do shit like convince people to like take off their shirt. Right. And like, yeah, yeah cluck like a duck, you know, or, or I guess chickens cluck, not ducks. But <laughs> It's fine. But, you know, like same thing. That's, that's apropos of our show. We don't have a lot right. of <laughs> cluck like a duck. <laughs> We don't have a lot of facts, <laughs> science-based information here. I don't see many ducks, but they were convincing him. So the public was like, isn't that just the same thing as the magicians? Like you're, you know, this is yeah. pseudoscience. It's fucking garbage. Yeah. Meanwhile, real scientists were like, no, there's, there's stuff backing this up. So in the latter part of the 20th century, so the late nineties or whatever, um, Kuo's method of affirmations became popular again we all know yeah Stuart Smalley right like I mean they became a joke but that's because they were pop culture I mean that's yeah. what Saturday Night Live does right so if you google there's tons of results now and obviously I cover it in my class so Napoleon Hill covers it in his book which I love well he covers he has a lot of books but the one that I love is Think and Grow Rich and He's another old timey dude. He was alive 1883 to 1970. And. Yeah, it seems like such a long time. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, oh, no, thanks. Um, it really seems like a lot. And that's how our births are going to seem. Right. Because Wait, they span. Cross a century. The, yeah. yeah. Oh, that sucks. But it's he like wrote, you were born in the 1800s, but. You were around for the Beatles? I'm very confused. <laughs> you know, it's oh, all it's Jesus, so, right? It's so weird. <laughs> like you were around at the end of the old west and you also were around for the birth of rock and roll. Like that's fucking crazy. Why are you staring at me like that? Because my mind is blown. <laughs> that is alarming. Right? Fuck. <laughs> all right. So anyway, back to Think and Grow Rich. So Napoleon Hill writes his book, Think and Grow Rich, and he was inspired inspired to write it by Andrew Carnegie. We all know who that is, right? The guy from the steel industry. Do you know who that is? No. Okay. The name sounds familiar. Andrew Carnegie, he was he was Scottish and he really was like the head honcho of the steel industry in the United States. Okay. Okay. So that's how I'll leave that because it's not about Andrew Carnegie. Good enough for me. But he had offered to introduce Napoleon Hill to all the captains of industry at the time and pay Napoleon Hill's travel expenses, but not any kind of wage or salary or anything. Yeah. If Napoleon Hill would write a book about the secrets to success that he found, like the common thread. Yeah. Between all of these captains. Gotcha. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. So that's what Think and Grow Rich became. And it was a book 20 years in the making. Like it took this dude 20 years to pin it all together and Napoleon Hill's life in the meantime was like garbage. Like he lost all these jobs and it was like, Ugh. yeah, but he did it. Like he interviewed all these people. He figured out and he really wrote an amazing book eventually. Yeah. And he had the Napoleon Hill. It, that's not my point. I am not even going off my notes at this point. That's just my information. But so he put together this great book and in it, he combines affirmations from Kue with visualization, which, again, I agree with and yeah. I use it in my meditation practices. And this is a widely taught method used by 
many experts in so many different fields, from doctors to Olympic trainers to um, NASA astronauts. It's just something to really hone your mind. So in, 19, in 1978, 50 years after Napoleon Hill wrote about visualization in Law of Success, which was his book before Think and Grow Rich. Yeah. Shaq uh, T. Gwain published the bestseller Creative Visualization. So the visualization technique caught on in the 80s is what I'm saying to you. Yeah. And that became another stepping stone to truly like harnessing this, the possibility of your brain. So Think and Grow Rich. Oh, I already covered that when I was ad libbing. Oh, so <laughs> you guys, you guys kind of know this part. It was 20 years of study of individuals who amassed personal fortune. I do want to say this in closing about about the book, though. It takes multiple reads. So the first time I read it, I was like, it's just fucking roundabout and silly because it's written in like an almost an old timey way. Yeah. Where he's all like, yeah, you got to blah, 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 blah. So then <laughs> I listened to it on an audio book and I was like, oh, this is really good. Yeah. It's really interesting. I've probably listened to it six or seven times since then. Wow. And I listen to it instead of podcasts now. And it's amazing. But this is I'm just going to read you a quick snippet. And this this will tell you why you got to push through the first time or two. Yeah. And I recommend listening to it instead of reading it. If you truly desire money so keenly and your desire is an obsession, you will have no difficulty in convincing yourself that you will acquire it. The object is to want money and to be so determined to have it that you convince yourself that you will have it. You may as well right now have it or you will never have riches in quantity unless you work yourself into a white heat of desire for money and actually believe you will possess it. Hmm. Yeah. So <laughs> it's easier to just listen to it. Yeah. Because if you read that repeatedly, you're just like, <laughs> you know, you know what? I'm going to throw this book across the room. <laughs> so the book's really good. And Emil Kue and like this way that people keep calling new age yeah. and this new thinking and the pseudoscience. It's not fucking new. It's been around since the 1800s and it's 2019. Like, yeah, it's not new. It's like that back lyric, though. When the new age is old enough to drink. <laughs> it's not old enough to drink. It's older than our country. Right. Like it's it's old. So it's just interesting. And I don't know. I thought since my class was launching, I would kind of throw and I didn't cover Big bad that. goal getter. Big bad goal getter is the name of the class. It's six weeks to blow your fucking goal out of the water. Basically, you pick one goal. We knock it out in six weeks and then you have a lifetime access to the content. So that way you can pick another one and do it again whenever you're ready to hit up another goal. Yeah. It's really nice. We have different tiers depending on what you're trying to do and how much you're willing to invest. The big step. Oh, I dogs just pissed each other off. <laughs> but the big thing is deciding you're ready to do it. So, yeah. Enrollment opens the 14th. So, all yeah. right. I'm really excited about your Brendan Small topic. That was great. <laughs> Thanks. I, was I thought fucking, you would like it. I, I was fucking amped. <laughs> I kept asking him what his topic was, and he's like, none yeah. <laughs> like, fuck you. 
All right. Well, that's that's all we got, I guess. Yeah, yes. That's all so, I've got. All right. Well, thanks again for listening. Thank you. Thank you. And we'll be back next week, most likely. Most likely. Most, you never know. Next week will be the big 5-0. Yeah, 50 episodes. Almost a full year of episodes. Getting there. Ain't that some shit? It's pretty crazy. Fucking amazing. <laughs> all right. Thanks, guys. <laughs>